I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. And I'm feeling uh, particularly feisty for a couple of reasons. So you, you're you going to have to uh, do some editing because I will be using probably some uh, less than savory language as things go on. Gotta talk about wireless again. It's going bonkers. Uh, I don't think I can overstate this. What's happening with wireless in Canada? The future of media in Canada hangs in the balance. Uh, Let me get you up to date with this. There's a a few disparate things uh, that are going on. One is that this data is coming out uh, of the United States that is showing that not only is cord cutting happening, people are getting rid of their cable subscriptions, but fixed broadband internet. People are getting rid of that. People are deciding not to pay for the internet twice. It makes sense. We've already decided not to pay for phones twice. A lot of us have gotten rid of our landlines because we have cell phones. We don't want to pay for TV twice. A lot of people are getting rid of cable because they watch TV over the internet anyhow. And now we're making the same decision over the internet. It's possible that in the future, a wireless internet connection will be all that anyone has for all of this stuff, which in theory is great. As long as you have a big fat internet connection, you don't really need to have multiple subscriptions and multiple pipes, except that puts a lot of power in the hands of your wireless carrier. I am not just talking about the power to gouge us on our monthly bills, to charge us overage, to charge us roaming. 
I'm talking about the power to control what media we consume. This is not sci-fi. This is happening. Bell Mobile has a plan right now, five bucks a month, and you get to watch 10 hours of their content on your Bell Mobile device. And it won't count against your data limit. Watch something else, Netflix, YouTube, something else entirely, and it'll cost you about $40 for the same amount of content. It looks to me like a violation of the CRTC's net neutrality rules. We're going to find out. A complaint has been filed. All of this stuff hangs in the balance. Another development. Orange, foreign cell phone company Orange, sent a representative to Ottawa. The conservative government has dedicated itself to bringing competition to this country. I have no idea if they're going to be able to do so. It is a very charged and tense atmosphere. This could go either way. And and into this charged atmosphere where the future is up for grabs steps my guest today, Professor Dwayne Winsek. Now, here are some things you need to know in order to understand this interview. Acronyms. The IIC. The International Institute of Communications, the CWTA, the Something Wireless Something Association, whatever. It's all Bell, Rogers, and TELUS, okay? Bernard Lord, the former premier of New Brunswick, lobbyist Bernard Lord, president of the IIC, and the president and CEO of the CWTA. Like I said, same thing. It's the Big Three's lobbyist. It's the Big Three's lobby group. It's the Big Three's conference. It's the Big Three. Jeffrey Church. You're going to hear Dwayne Winsack talk a lot of smack about economics professor Jeffrey Church. Did I give him an opportunity to defend himself? Yes, I did. I invited him onto the show. He did not take me up on it. He made himself available for specific questions. I asked a few. Listen, that invitation remains open. If after he hears this, he wants to come and respond, the doors are wide open. Twitter. You're going to hear about how Twitter suspended Dwayne Winsack's account. You're going to hear me say that I asked them why and they didn't get back to me. They have since gotten back to me to tell me that they're not going to tell me why. It does not look like we're ever going to know why Dwayne Winsek's Twitter account was suspended. I think that's it. There's your glossary. The talk is coming up. It's going to go by pretty fast and furious. I hope you like it. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge 
research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis, and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. Okay, folks, my exclusive sponsor is FreshBooks.com. I was playing with the mobile app last week. I had some expense receipts to file, and the mobile app lets you just take a cell phone picture of your receipt, and then you just tag what kind of expense it is, and it gets immediately attached to the invoice. It was the easiest. I mean, I used to scan them one by one and then put them into a spreadsheet. Now it's just one, two, three, and it goes right to the client. Freshbooks.com, painless billing, cloud accounting. Check it out. Yeah, I was just on uh, live AM talk show radio thing with uh, Bernard Lord. Uh, that was completely stacked, but it didn't matter anyway. I, I did fine. What show is this? AM 1310, Talk to the Hand, Ed Hand here in Ottawa. Talk to the Hand. I love that. I, I didn't know about that. They started with the CWTA's talking points. They kept going back to the CWTA's talking points. They gave uh, Bernard Lord lots of time to talk about the CWTA talking points. And then after the commercial break, they started with them again. And then they wrapped up with a a recap of the CWTA's talking points. And so I got a, I got some time in between, though. And and who, who owned this radio station? Rogers. <laughs> I knew it was a setup last week when I got the call on Friday. Give me, uh, give me the nutshell, like in between all the talking points. What did you get a chance to say? Oh, just that concentration levels in uh, mobile wireless markets around the world are astonishingly high. There are governments that uh, stare that reality in the face and do something about it. And there are those that bury their head in the sand. Until recently, Canada has been one of the latter, but it's found its backbone now and is standing up to these incumbents and uh, doing things that the incumbents uh, don't like. And the incumbents are going to go to the wall to ensure that nothing uh, in their little glass menagerie is going to be disturbed. And we've got ourselves a battle royale over this. And, you know, they try to pretend that uh, nothing's happening over the horizon. But as soon as we take a peek at what's going on around the world, we see that, you know, there are many countries that while their markets are heavily concentrated, governments are taking really concrete steps to do something about it. And the idea of creating a fourth uh, national wholesale wireless carrier is now basically a fundamental norm across Europe, in the United States, in Israel, basically wherever we look. All right. Well, I I don't even know where to begin. I mean, it seems like in the last couple of weeks, it feels like you have declared one man war on the telecom industry in Canada. Yeah. And it's gotten ugly. Yeah, it's gotten ugly. Yeah. I guess it was this invitation to their big summit that uh, turned up the temperature on all this. Yeah, absolutely. In a debate with their hired gun, Jeffrey Church from the University of uh, Calgary, the School of Public Policy out there. And Let's slow down, Dwayne, because I mean, I think to a lot of people, one academic debating another academic, it seems that seems like a fair fight. What, why do you call him a hired gun? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I, uh, in the wireless area, I had only known his stuff uh, with respect to the report that him and uh, Andrew Wilkins put out this summer on the state of wireless 
wireless competition in Canada in which they basically, from page one, throw down the gauntlet and say, one, there is no wireless competition problem in Canada. Second, what the critics say is Canada's low standings by international standards is wrong. The critics are all wrong. And I thought, wow, that's, those are pretty bold statements. You better have some good evidence to back this up. And I discovered this report, which was trotted out as being a fundamentally new report. And these guys like flown around the country. They get op-ed pieces in the National Post. And, uh, Slow down. Who's flying them around the country? The big three. Canadian Wireless Telecom Association. So Jeffrey Church, an academic who's doing research on whether or not we have a problem with the big three, is getting flown around the country by the big three. Yeah. Uh, he's brought into Ottawa and, you know, paraded around Parliament and the bureaucrats and who get to hear his uh, his pearls of wisdom. Well, OK, so what about the research itself? I mean, the OECD has been telling Canada year after year that we're way behind on this stuff. And so uh, we all saw that big ad campaign this past summer. Suddenly, the wireless industry in Canada, the big three, are citing this research that, in fact, Canadians have nothing to worry about. Our prices are competitive. Our service is good. We don't need Verizon in this country. Was that this guy's research that they were drawing upon? Were they, were they pointing to him? Yeah. Yeah. And that's so that's the that's the Church Wilkins uh, study. This is as their promotional material says noted uh, University of Calgary economist. Right. Really? You're, you're calling it bot research. I mean, yep. is that too strong to say that like you're saying that Rogers basically paid Jeffrey Church to write uh, some research that supports their claim that we do not need more competition in Canada? Yep. And I'm saying it's worse than that. I'm saying that uh, this is par for the course for this guy, and he's got a reputation for being a hired gun, and he'll basically produce whatever kind of research you ask for. You just put it in a contract and you pay for it. Yeah, and, and then you got to make sure it gets noticed, and, and you've suggested maybe that uh, they were able to help him get media attention, but we should be clear, we, we don't know that for a fact. What we do know is that Bell has a 15% stake in the Globe and Mail, and it gave a op-ed above the fold piece. They editorialized about this. It was invoked in journalistic coverage of the Verizon campaign and wireless stuff as if this was, you know, the word of God. You know, so this stuff is coming out through our media, you know, and I know stories from inside of Business News Network at Bell and, you know, that I can't go out with. What can you go out with here? I mean, if you're saying that, I mean, this is a problem in Canada. We have media concentration. A lot of the news media has uh, corporate ties with these telecom companies. So it seems like yep. you're making a pretty clear link between the interests of those parent companies and, and the coverage in the papers. So yep. we're on the record and, and let's stick to what you've already tweeted. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's, you know, I'm trying to do that. And I'm also trying to be as fulsome as I can so that you can make editorial judgments to protect my ass from libel because I am not protected by the university. My union will step up for me. My university will not. Okay. And these are things that uh, people will lose their jobs over. And I don't feel like uh, helping people lose their jobs. I don't so. want that either. So be thoughtful about what you say and, and, uh, but let, let's try to get your message out. Yeah. Okay. 
So I think, you know, the coverage at the Globe and Mail in many ways speaks for itself. I mean, there is a cone of silence that has basically been put around my report. Uh, Rita Chakur was at the IIC conference where my paper was presented. She decided that she would put out a story that evening in the online version on Kevin Kroll's, you know, pablum speech. Uh, Kevin Kroll runs Bell Media? Yeah, the Bell Media head honcho. I'm not cooking my stuff. This is all data-driven analysis, right? But Rita doesn't cover this at all. These guys want to just, like, look over here, look over here at this shiny, you know, full-page ad that we can splash out and probably got a discount because we own the bloody thing or at least a big stake, you know, and we got endless reserves and, you know what, we'll spend whatever it takes and we'll do whatever it takes because we're protecting a $20 billion a year industry. And if you look, since, you know, Verizon announced its uh, potential entry into Canada, I think it was Rita Chakur, and Rita does some really good work and I wish she would understand that, that my criticism uh, is based on my respect for the work that she in particular does and that her colleagues have done and can do and you know she broke this story back and i believe it was june 14th in the globe at verizon was uh you know kicking the tires at uh, wind and i believe it was mobilicity and bell tellus and rogers collectively saw their market cap plummet by 20 billion dollars in the space of three months so these guys weren't just making shit up as they went along, and they weren't irrational. They were protecting two fundamental things, and they are going to go to the wall every single time for this. And that's what they're doing now. They were protecting revenues of $20 billion in an industry, and they were protecting their respective market caps, which in total was $20 billion when I calculated it at the kind of the high point of the silly season that I call the wireless wars in August before the Verizon threat went into retreat. You entered into a world, the world of the big three is a world where Canada doesn't need more competition. Everything's just hunky-dory. The world that everybody else lives in, your research is not a big bombshell to the rest of Canada. You went into their big annual party and you were basically brought in there to get smacked over the head. Uh, it, it sounds it sounds to me like that was your role there was to, was to, play, uh, was to play the bad guy and to lose that debate. Yeah, I think, you know, and... I don't like talking about like this kind of stuff because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't burnish one's credentials or help one look good. But I believe that myself, Tamir Israel, John Lawford were brought in to be the token gesture towards balance within a, a conference that was otherwise unmistakably torqued in favor of the industry and you know that this was supposed to be by and large a backslapper of an event another one in which the journos would do what they do now which is driving me bloody freaking crazy i think they thought the church was going to eat me for lunch but that didn't happen no church left the conference and wasn't to be seen again he was shaking on stage his hands were trembling and i didn't like doing that and i don't like doing that to people Okay, that's not what uh, being a scholar is about. What made him shake? What did you say that uh, had that reaction? Basically, I gutted his paper. Yeah. His paper's a piece of junk. 
let me count the ways of you know how how fatally flawed this paper is. The whole paper is fundamentally flawed right from the get go by I would say at least three uh, things. One is he takes Rogers and he uses it as a proxy for the industry as a whole. Number two is that he talks about a product life cycle as if there's only one kind of long uh, life cycle for for wireless technology instead of you know uh, CDMA, PCS, and HSPA, GSM, and you know now LTE, 4G. Instead of recognizing four generations of technology, he pretends it's all one, and says that over the life cycle of the product. Roger's profits actually look quite reasonable. What's the third? The third is that he uses one measure of profit, which is free cash flow. You know, he brings this up and he says, you know, using free cash flow, and we look at Roger's performance over the life cycle of wireless, i.e. 30 years, and its profits are not supranormal. And they have been short-term rather than long-term, which is very important because if you have long-term supranormal profits, that's evidence of a monopoly or dominant market power, right? And so he's using this to kind of blow away notions that we've got a, we've got a concentration problem. By focusing in only on free cash flow, he conveniently ignores basically every other measure of profit. Return on equity, I look at operating income, and I look at net income. And guess what? On all three measures, Rogers is making supernormal profits, mostly since the late 1990s and especially since 2005. So, so what you're saying is they juked the stats. They, uh, they, 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 they cooked the study. Church and his co-author is your point that uh, they, they basically described things in such a way to downplay the idea that we have a wireless monopoly at all in Canada because... You know, because these guys, they don't have any conviction in this stuff. They don't have any consistency. They're just hired guns. They don't give a shit. Whatever the client orders, the client gets. Okay, let's talk about uh, Ben Class, a uh, communication student. Uh, he's the guy who caught this Bell Mobility net neutrality thing, and uh, he filed a complaint with the CRTC. So, so we're gonna we're gonna find out soon where that lays. Let me just say on this that that complaint that he filed, it is rock solid. And the only question really facing the CRTC right now on that uh, is, you know, and the CRTC has already accepted uh, the complaint and posted it on its website. The only question before the CRTC right now is, will this be a narrow proceeding directed only at Bell's mobile TV service? Or will it be expanded, as PIAC has asked, to include the whole kit and caboodle that is you know, the entire wireless industry. That Ben's complaint was shopped around in front of some of the best minds in this country on telecom policy. And it went forward rock solid. It was also shopped around in front of some people who cover this uh, professionally, people who cover this space. Uh, you got it. Yeah, no, and this is an absolute travesty, and this is what's getting my goat, and this is why I've you know, I basically lost it. I decided that I'm not putting up with this shit anymore because we are being stonewalled and we're not getting any coverage on this. You think we've got a media problem in Canada when it comes to telecom, when it comes to the big three? The cone of silence has been imposed. It's like the North Korea of uh, telecom and media policy. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> And this is the problem of vertical integration. Okay, so this is when you felt the media at the conference were turning their backs on you and your paper, and they were stonewalling Ben Class, and that's when you let the tweets fly. I, I read them. I mean, I didn't read anything there. Strong words, but nothing that seemed to cross the line to me. Yeah, well, you know, the, the depths of nastiness seem to know no bounds, and I guess 
I'm willing because I'm a tenured prof and you know what I have a good salary and I've got a great job I love my students I got great colleagues I always got a safe spot to go back to this is what tenure is for this is what tenure is for yeah. and Carleton University is it's awesome for this okay so uh, we don't actually have all the facts on this I, I've put in a request with Twitter I mean essentially you were breathing fire on Twitter you were saying a lot of the things that you're saying now and uh, before you know it your account your account is suspended it was gone for about uh, 48 hours and then it came back uh, still waiting for a word on, on on why that was I saw the last bunch of tweets that you let fly before your account was suspended. And I have to say, there is a possibility that you might have uh, triggered their automatic spam detector because you were sending similar messages to a bunch of journalists. Uh, I think about a dozen messages. Journalists from outside this country, yeah. since the journalists aren't in the country aren't covering it. If I can't get Hooped, Laterante, and Chakur to cover me, maybe I should go bang on at the doors of people in the UK. And guess what? They're covering. So you, you got the story out. And, uh, you know, what I'm really concerned about is is the idea that we don't have any clarity or transparency from Twitter, no response whatsoever, no explanation. We just know that your account is back. Yeah, I think, you know, of course, this is really interesting. And I really do want to get to the uh, bottom of it. And, you know, I want to keep an open mind on this. And to me, that means two things. And my colleague, uh, Josh Greenberg, put it really well, I think, in a tweet where he said, you know, glitch in the matrix or payback for industry criticism. Yeah. And the idea that it could be a glitch in the matrix, I, you know, I want to keep that a real live possibility. But I'd like to hear that from uh, from Twitter. Right. Because the idea of, you know, payback from the industry and from a few specific individuals and I have some in mind, it wouldn't surprise me. It's not paranoid if it's true. And uh, let's contextualize this. There was that uh, kind of parody ad on YouTube that was about how terrible telecom companies are. It was actually an American ad about American telecom companies. But that got taken down briefly from YouTube here in Canada. Somebody filed uh, a defamation complaint against this uh, parody ad that was insulting not any specific telecom company, but just cell phone companies companies in general, and, uh, and that got taken off the internet. So there, there seems to be a lot of emphasis and a lot of dollars towards winning over hearts and minds to the idea that telecom is just fine in Canada, and, uh, and the few people who say otherwise uh, meet a lot of ugly resistance. Yeah. One, I'm hopeful that I'm going to get a response from Twitter. And second, I think you know, Twitter actually needs to be applauded for doing the right thing. And, you know, so too does Michael Geist in this. You know, Michael Geist, I contacted him. He ran my, uh, my concerns up the, you know, uh, up the chain at, uh, at Twitter. Basically, he got in touch with uh, Alex McGilvery, their former chief legal counsel, who put my, uh, my ticket, as they call it. You know, you can appeal a, an account suspension, and you, when you do that, it's a formal process, you get a ticket number. Basically, Michael packed, passed my uh, ticket number on to Alex McGilvery, who, you know, just for interest sake, was named as one of the top 20 Internet freedom fighters uh, last year by, uh, by The Guardian in London for the work he do- he's done on behalf of what I call the WikiLeaks 3, uh, Brigitte Johns, Tatir, Jacob Applebaum, and Ron Gonsgreep. And uh, anyway, Alex, thankfully, even though he doesn't work there anymore, put this up at the highest levels of uh, Twitter, and you know what? They did the right thing. They took a look at it, 
And they had me back up and running by, you know, I was out playing hockey on Sunday, but when I got home around 4 o'clock or so after hockey and a few beers with my friends, my Twitter was up and running. Yeah, they did the right thing in putting you back on, but I'm really concerned about how people get taken off. And when you're talking about politics, getting ta- oh. getting taken off Twitter for 24, 48 hours, if, uh, if you're saying the wrong thing or the right thing, that can have real implications. So I, I want to know how that Absolutely. happened, and, and I'm, I'm looking into it uh, to find out exactly how that happened. Uh, Dwayne. Well, go for it, because Josh, let me, well, last point on this. My my colleague, uh, Josh Greenberg, told me he knows of several people who are politically active. And when I say politically active, that's not code for activists. Uh, it just means they're politically active who have encountered the same thing. And it's so easy to basically spoof uh, Twitter's report spam function. All it would take is, you know, I think a handful of people reporting uh, somebody as a spammer in a short period of time. And that person's going to be gone. So they, Twitter has a problem here. So I want to realize they do the right thing. But, yeah, this is a fundamental problem. Twitter's got to sort it out fast. A handful of people could gang up and get somebody kicked off Twitter, at least for a couple of days. Dwayne, what do we need in Canada? What is it that they're so afraid of? How could a maverick, competitive new cell phone company actually take a stand against the big three? Because we've had wind, mobilicity, public. They don't seem like they're going to be the ones to do it. What needs to change? How's it going to happen? First of all, we got to peek over the horizon. we got to realize that a new consensus has emerged and consolidated around the notion that while concentration in mobile wireless markets is indisputable almost everywhere, there are concrete steps that can be taken to foster the most likely chances for four or more national wireless companies to survive. So we have to do that. We have to get in line. What can we do to get that that fourth player? And how will that fourth player? Some people were saying, you know, Verizon comes in, it's just going to be the same as the other three. How can we get them to come here, stay alive, and actually make a difference for the consumer? Well, we have to have a government that's going to steal its spine and stare these buggers down. And by buggers, I mean these big three. Stare them down and keep the markets open, keep the spectrum caps in place, make sure the spectrum auction has a lot of place for foreign capital. And unfortunately, this already looks looks like a blown opportunity. But, you know, look at what Rita Chakur reported in the uh, Globe and Mail this morning. Uh, You know, she reported on Orange. Orange is in town kicking the tires. Throw out the welcome mat. And what's going to happen if we get them here? What's going to happen? We're going to drive wireless prices down. We're going to expand the market by bringing in people who have been excluded. And by that, I mean people of lower income, be more women users because women make less than men. You know, we're going to expand the rainbow of, you know, basically of opportunity for people to have what is now a basic necessity of life, a wireless connection, a phone in their pocket. I don't think it's too much to ask. And there are places where this whole idea of watching your meter on your data usage, uh, there are companies that have come in and said, you know what? Gone. Gone. I mean, T-Mobile's done it in the United States. So as soon as uh, the DOJ, Department of Justice, let AT&T and T-Mobile know that their merger wasn't on, T-Mobile broke ranks, saddled up. That was it. They, They weren't allowed to consolidate, so instead they innovated. It's that simple. Simple. Yeah. This is not hard. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. We can do this. We can do it. We need to look, right? I, as I said, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I know where to look. We just need more people looking in the right places. And, you know, we need to get people, you know, that will also steal their spine and withstand the thousand and one ways in which these jerks will try to kneecap us. And, you know, I can't sing 
people like uh, Ben Class's praise is enough. Jean-Francois Meze's praise is enough. You get journalists like yourself, like Peter Nowak, you know, Christine Dobby, you know, seems to be trying to do the right thing over at the National Post. Daniel Tennyson, the journalists at The Wire Report, Simon Doyle, Nick Kianka and their colleagues. I mean, we've got a critical mass. We're not in the mainstream by any stretch of the imagination. But you know what? There's enough of us that are crawling out of the woodwork that we can build a basically a solid intellectual foundation for the kind of policy reforms that are needed. Well, let's just try to tell the story of this as straight as we can. I want it straight up. I hate to fall into the rhetoric of a war, but uh, but it really feels like things have never been as adversarial between the government and these companies, uh, between these companies against the Canadian consumer. I mean, it's on. It's happening right now. They, there's been one other time. And just to give you my historical bent, it was 1905, and within 10 years, half the country had publicly owned telephone companies offering them basic telephone system that doubled the number of people that had phones in a, a very, very fast period of time. A hundred years on, we stand in a similar place, different technologies. We've got this in our history. These are basic things. These are necessities. Okay, that's Canada Land. I want to welcome onto the show producer Tanara Yellant. Tanara will be working with me from now on. Welcome aboard. Also want to thank Brian Platt for his help with this episode. Email me, please, if you would like to, at jesse at jessebrown.ca. I am on Twitter at jessebrown. Website is canadalandshow.com. You can listen to this on Stitcher, which is a nice way to listen to podcasts. The next podcast will be up on Monday. If you like Canada Land, recommend it. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.